welcome. This week we are talking about um, using the media and particularly how to hone your USP. And my guest is Mickey Kennedy, who is the founder and president of eReleases. Mickey, welcome to the show. Before we start, I have to ask, where are you geographically? I'm in uh, Baltimore County, Maryland, in the United States. Sounds wonderful. And uh, go, because I'm English, tell me about the weather. <laughs> it's warm. <laughs> How warm is warm? Make me jealous. Uh, like in the, it gets up to the mid 90s lately, and it's just unbearably humid. Oh, okay. Now I don't feel quite so quite so jealous. <laughs> Nikki, tell me what eReleases does. So uh, we specialize in press release distribution, um, sending uh, press releases out to journalists over a newswire. And uh, hopefully that results in earned media or journalists writing articles about you. And I've been doing it. It'll be 25 years in October. Wow. Okay. So plenty of experience and plenty of time and time doing this. So very much in the earned media area. So Correct. it's all about creating stories that media are going to want to pick up. So um, lots of small businesses are sort of quite scared about using media and using press releases. Um, clearly, this is your, your area and this is where you encourage people to go. So what would be your advice to a small business? Um, my, my advice overall would be to certainly consider doing PR. And, uh, you know, I know a lot of things are sexier in the media, you know, <laughs> social media, you know, paid advertising and things like that. But uh, the thing to keep in mind is that, you know, press releases do work. Uh, PR works. Um, there are a lot of people getting attention and a lot of people feel like they're too small uh, to get media attention, that that's just something that is you know, for large companies and well-funded companies. But the truth is that journalists really like to expose and put the spotlight on new discoveries. And often that's a small business, a small mom and pop, somebody that no one's ever heard of before. And so in many ways, it's easier for someone who is small and unknown to get media attention than it is to be a large, well-funded company. Now, that's quite an interesting view. I don't think most of us would have thought that. So what holds back a small business for even thinking about using PR? I think that the biggest thing is getting over that imposter syndrome where they feel like they're not important and they don't matter. And, you know, one of the things that I tell my clients when I first talk to them is, you know, what, what's your USP? And that's unique selling proposition. What is it that you do that's different than everybody else in your industry? And, you know, uh, if I'm working with a startup, they generally know that because that's usually part of their elevator pitch. There are one or two sentences that describe them and, and how they operate and what differentiates them. But for a lot of companies, they haven't really thought about that. Or if they have, they just feel like we just have good customer service, which is really hard to quantify and, you know, to, to be your unique selling proposition. And so uh, I, I tell people to sort of do an inventory of what are the things that they do that's a little bit different than everybody else in their marketplace to sort of develop a USP. Um, you really want to bring that front and center because it can be a defining reason why someone purchases with you. Um, for example, uh, you know, if you, if you're a reseller of Apple computers, uh, Apple basically limits what you can sell it for. It's got to be, I think within 5% of MSRP and, uh, you know, that sort of, hinders people from competing just on price, but it allows them to be more creative. And so I know of some companies that offer a lot of bundles where they'll give you free software or, you know, free uh, store credit 
of like $250 if you buy an Apple computer with them. And so that's their USP. Another person might be that we have really great, you know, uh, warranty and we'll, uh, warranty your computer for free for three years. And there's lots of different ways to approach it. But uh, what you're trying to do is to give a really convincing reason why to do business with you over someone else. And, you know, uh, you really want to try to pick something that not everybody else is doing. It seems like everybody's offering free shipping these days. So it's really hard for that to be a defining USP, but maybe in your market, that is something that people don't normally include. So there's, there's a lot of uh, different approaches. Um, I, I had some people who tell me they just don't have a USP, but once we peel back the layers, I'm like, well, what is it that your customers really like about you? And they go, Oh, we have this huge inventory of video tutorials that show all the aspects of this complicated software to use. And it's like the biggest resource. And I'm like, well, that's your USP. Are you exposing leads to that? And they said, not really. We usually do it after the sell as a part of the onboarding process. And I'm like, you really need to sell uh, with that because that is a huge uh, arsenal and weapon that you can use out there to really differentiate and define you so different from everybody else in the marketplace. So when you talk chiefly about doing a USP audit, how does a company even go about doing that? Because you're right, when you first start up, you tend to know. But after a while, your USP has changed just because the way you've done business has changed and the world's changed. And it's very easy to sort of forget to keep thinking about your USP. I think the biggest thing is to look at leads, ask them questions. You know, when you capture their email address, ask them, you know, what are the biggest drivers of what you're looking for and don't have predefined choices for them. Let them write a sentence of what it is that they're really looking for. Um, or, you know, please give us two or three things that you're looking for in a product, this product or, or software that you're searching for. Um, ask people when they um, become customers of yours, because recency is going to tell you something different from people who joined five or six years ago. Um, so constantly asking them, you know, what were the reasons that you chose us are really going to help you determine what you should lead with. And uh, if, if, if it is, you know, something that you're doing that's a little bit different than everybody else, you want to make sure that you're really um, announcing that on sales pages and emails to leads so that they are aware of that. And so that people don't have to like, you know, go back and forth through email or chat to figure out that, oh, yes, you do have that feature or you do offer this service. And so uh, I think just being in communication with leads, uh, just figuring out what it is that, you know, were the factors that went into them choosing you, um, it can really go a long ways. You know, communication with customers is valuable. And it's one of the things that I think a lot of people overlook uh, because they just take it for granted. Okay, thank you. So we've, we've, we've done a USP and I've worked out what my USP is and it might be that we communicate well or we're a bit quirky or as you say, we offer store credit or whatever. How do I then turn that into a media message? Right. So when it comes to the media, uh, what they're looking for is to be seen as curators. And so they like new discoveries and, you know, exposing their audience to someone that maybe they've never seen or, or heard of. And so having a, a really defined USP 
uh, is going to really go a long ways towards telling your story. Um, you know, what is it about your company that is a little bit different than everybody else? Um, also you want to, you know, maybe share your, your journey. What, what, what is the journey, the story behind the company or the product, you know, how it came to be. So an extension of your USP is defining your path to the marketplace. And sometimes it can be really personal. If you've ever seen like Shark Tank or shows like that, uh, they always lead with their personal story of how this product or company came into being. And it's often very authentic. Sometimes it can be inspirational, but it doesn't have to be. Uh, sometimes it can include obstacles or vulnerabilities that uh, you experience uh, during the process or leading up to that. And these are all things that allow a journalist to develop a story. Uh, journalists are storytellers. And so any elements that you can include in an announcement that enhances the story makes it more likely that they can build a really good article from there. So you might be announcing just a product launch, but if you're sharing your story, uh, your USP, what makes you authentic, it gives them a lot more to work with. So it's not just here's a product and here's a list of features. Here's a product. Here's an experience of this uh, person who launched the company. And here's what they're trying to define as being different in the marketplace, a, a niche that they're trying to fill. And I, I think that that really helps to build out that whole story arc that journalists are looking for. It's really interesting. It's quite different to the way I imagined having to, to write a press release. So how do you then go about communicating that to a to a, a journalist? So are we literally back to the days of writing press release and embargoed till and then the story and then some additional information or is all that changed now? Right. Well, uh, some people still use embargoes, but embargoes have mostly fallen out of favor. Uh, you know, if you're if you're with a PR firm, you're, you often do exclusive pitches before you publicly announce something. That still continues. But uh, at e-releases, we, we just focus on the press release aspect. So uh, once you have a press release ready, you schedule it for distribution. Um, you know, it can be immediate for an extra fee or the next day, or you schedule it a few days out in advance. Um, and it, it's really just announcing... Uh, what it is that you feel is newsworthy that the journalist can turn into uh, hopefully an article. And you really want to sort of fulfill those elements that they might need to build out a story. So uh, if you are doing a product launch, additional things that could really help uh, with the story aspect of it is to include a use case study, uh, you know, someone that beta tested the product and what their experience was. And ideally to get a quote from someone there talking about how this really solved their problem or how it achieved a certain result. And uh, that really goes a long ways from just the, the you know, the, the, most people just saying, here's our product and here's a list of features. And so you can certainly see that by adding uh, someone who's used it and their experience and a quote by them, you have a lot more to build into that story arc that journalists are naturally looking for. I find it quite interesting. You you refer several times to journalists as being curators um, and be, as well as being storytellers. So when I'm writing press releases, is it very much about trying to give them that story and give them that hook? Or do I give them the information and assume that they will work out the story and the hook? No, I think that you should lead with a hook. Um, you know, it's going to be one of the defining moments of uh, what it is that makes you irresistible to the media is what is it that uh, you're saying that 
you know, makes them want to immediately share that with their audience. Um, you know, sometimes it can, you know, elements that can help is like an amazing quote. Um, so many people write quotes as afterthoughts and what they don't realize is that if you have an amazing quote and you say something so profound or concise or powerful or sometimes even controversial, uh, a journalist can build the article around that. Uh, so really, you know, uh, make sure all the elements of the press release are strong, but the things that I would pay most attention to are the headline, the opening paragraph, and of course that quote, that first person quote that you have in it. Interesting. And how do you keep a journalist interested? Because um, if you've got a product launch coming up, there's an obvious reason why you might want want to talk um, to a journalist. But we don't all have product launches all the time. So what else can I come up with that would keep a, keep this sort of earned media going on? Um, you know, something that I've uh, done with a lot of my clients that just feel like they have nothing in the <laughs> pipeline that's newsworthy is to sort of, you know, develop the, your own news. Uh, by doing a survey or study within your industry. And uh, again, anybody can do a survey or study. Uh, it's just, you know, a lot of people feel like we're not important enough to be doing an industry survey, but anyone can do it. it, it it's really straightforward. Everybody overthinks it and feels like it's a daunting task to do it. But it's really just coming up with a few questions that are really timely, things that anybody would want to know the answers to right now. Uh, you know, things might, might be about, uh, have you noticed that it's difficult for you to hire or that the people you, you're, that you have, it's difficult to keep them because they don't want to transition back into the, uh, the workplace. They want mm -hmm. to work remotely still. Uh, if, if these are trends that are affecting your industry, then asking questions about those and surrounding those can be really relevant. Um, if you've noticed that uh, you've stopped spending uh, marketing dollars or cutting back a little bit in the next couple of quarters. Uh, you could ask other people about, are, you know, are you spending more or less on marketing over the next two quarters? Um, have you, you know, seen, uh, you know, dollars drying up at the company? So anything that's really timely and relevant is, 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 is worth asking. And sometimes you can uh, ask colleagues, you know, what, what's this, the rumors that people are talking about or concerns that you've heard from other people in the industry? Those could often be really good ideas for asking questions. And then as far as sending it out, uh, you know, the, the next pushback I get is that people don't know who to send it to because they don't have enough leads uh, in their industry uh, mm -hmm. to send it to. Uh, just pick a, a small and independent trade association in your industry, um, often, you know, ones with, you know, 500 or more members. You want to stay away from the large trade associations because they generally don't do this. But if you approach a smaller independent one and say, hey, I'd love for you to send this to your members, I'm doing a survey, and I will mention you in a press release I'll be issuing over the wire, uh, PR Newswire, which is our wire uh, company that we're affiliated with, often they'll see that as a win-win and they will send that out to their members, often through email, sometimes through social media, sometimes you can get them to do it through both. And generally, if you get 150 or more responses, it's considered statistically relevant enough to interest uh, the media. And then what you're going to do is you're going to send that out, uh, that survey, get the results, figure out what were the big surprises in there. 
and you're going to build a press release about maybe two or four of the most important questions or the most surprising questions. And you're going to provide analysis of why you felt that the numbers skewed a particular way. For example, uh, you know, maybe 84% of the people in your industry are experiencing, uh, you know, difficulty maintaining employees because most, mm -hmm. most want to work remotely. You can actually talk about that uh, in a couple of sentences and, you know, what, perhaps could be some solutions towards that or people who have addressed it in creative ways. And so all of a sudden you have a document, you send it to the media and often you get uh, articles written from that. You know, on average, uh, most of my clients who send out a survey see anywhere between four and uh, 14 articles from one survey, which is a huge result, uh, you know, especially when you have customers who've tried several releases and gotten no articles written about them, uh, which does happen. So it's really a, a great art, you know, weapon that anybody can utilize with just a little bit of creativity and not as much time as it seems that it will take up. It really is one of the defining moments. I have one client who does these regularly and it's sort of what they're known for now, but when they first did it, you know, they had no more claim to the industry than anyone else. And now they've established themselves as experts because they've been doing the survey for several years. So how do I know which which press do I choose? Where do, where do I start with, with that? Right. So when you use a service like uh, uh, my company, e-releases, all of the releases go out nationally to uh, anyone in the national media circuit. And then what you do is you target to industries and you can also target to locale. So if you want to saturate your local market um, and by industry, you're going to choose, you know, you know, two to four industries that are really relevant. And there's like over 200 industries to choose from. So if you're in, you know, say, uh, producing a consumer electronic, you would choose like consumer electronics, but maybe you also notice that you have a really large uh, most of your customers are men and uh, they read men's magazines that review, say, speakers and TVs. And so it seems like that would be a good fit. You could also add men's interest as a category. So what you're looking for is who are potentially the readers that would be customers and what uh, industry segments do they, they fall in? Okay. And I mean, you've been running your e-releases for 25 years. You've seen, you've probably seen it all. What what sort of things scare small businesses about doing this? Why why don't more businesses embrace using the media? A lot of them feel like it's old fashioned or out of date. Mm. Um, they feel like with everything else, like social media and stuff, that it's just a little passe. And what they don't realize is that, you know, a lot of the social media influencers have journalists access to the wires. It's a great resource for them. Um, for example, I, I listened to a, a guy on YouTube and he's also on TikTok who does a weekly roundup of new snacks that are hitting the shelves here in the United States. And all of his come from press releases. Uh, and and he, he, he cites that, you know, for uh, they say it's coming out nationally. So far, I've only seen it on the shelves. It's so and so, but uh, this is what you have to look for. And uh, that's also where he gets the images uh, that he displays of the products and things like that. So uh, yeah, I mean, it's still a very valuable tool. Journalists love it because it's a central place for them to go and look 
uh, within their industry feed and uh, hone in on the types of releases that are relevant to them. And journalists are always looking for stories. They're expected to do more with less on a constant basis. So it, it is some place that they generally go to rather than just scouting and hunting for news uh, just everywhere else. So I, I think it's a really valuable tool. Uh, the one thing I've noticed is uh, a lot of people feel it just takes time and they'd rather spend money on ads and other things that get a more immediate result uh, and, you know, take perhaps a little bit less time. But they do take considerably more resources in the way of uh, finances and things along that uh, those lines. And so I would challenge anyone who's open to it to consider doing a PR campaign of six to eight releases, trying different strategic types of press releases, uh, the ones that are more meaningful, like the survey or the study, or, uh, you know, focusing on your unique selling proposition and your story. Um, all of those things can work really well to, to sort of uh, differentiate you from other places in the market. Did you say a six day campaign? Did I... A six to eight, six to eight a press release campaign. Oh. You don't have to do it over a, a short period. Uh, for example, with many small businesses, you know, maybe doing one every other month or one a quarter is uh, how often they do it. But you really should judge PR by a proper campaign. Um, doing one press release and it, it not working is like mm -hmm. running an ad and saying, you know, I got a thousand people to view the ad and three people to click on it and no one bought. Therefore, paid advertising doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you have to commit to it. And you have to try and test uh, different types of press releases to see what will work and learn from that. And doing them strategically, you should see two to four of uh, as, as, uh, releases in a PR campaign uh, get some measure of results, especially if you do the survey one. And just briefly, what are the sort of the types of, of campaigns? So you said a survey, that's a, that's one. What, what other sort of types of campaign do we have? Right. So uh, your story, which may incorporate your unique selling proposition, uh, you know, it could sometimes people follow the hero journey, sometimes the obstacle journey, things that you overcame could be personal, could be professional, um, you know, anything that, that humanizes you and, and builds a personal story element is, is one. Um, Another one is researching your industry for blind spots or gaps. Uh, what are the things that your industry just doesn't report on? But, you know, often when you're at, at uh, say, a trade show or a conference, uh, one of the first things you ask a colleague that you meet is, have you noticed this? And they're like, yeah, I have. And, it, 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 and, and the reason you're asking is because you never see anyone talking about it. It's not in print. No one's reporting it. Those are beautiful things that work really well. I've, I've had them work... Uh, phenomenally well. And sometimes they can be very simplistic. Uh, we had a carpet company in New Jersey uh, that uh, did press releases and none of them worked. And uh, we asked them who their biggest enemy was. And it was the big box home improvement stores. And they talked about how they compete and market against them because they're really not great at carpet installations. And so uh, we put that in a press release and sent it out and they got picked up in over 10 floor trade publications and uh, it worked extremely well for them. And we continued to, to talk about marketing and specifically against big box home improvement stores in subsequent releases. And over a year of doing releases, they got over 30 articles published um, and 
you know, most of them were floor trade publications, but some of them were local newspapers and a New Jersey magazine. And what they did is they put them together in a book, all these clippings that they printed out and they share them when they give someone a quote for a new carpet installation at their home and say, look, uh, we may not come in the cheapest, but we are the best and we really know what we're doing. We stand behind our installations. And here you see us in Floor Trade Weekly. Here you see us in this place. And just by adding what they call a brag book, they started converting uh, about 17% more of these leads, these these people that were getting quotes than previously. So it's a huge arsenal to getting this uh uh, getting articles written about you because it is third-party corroboration. It's the social proof that people are looking for, and it acts almost like an implied endorsement, giving you a huge boost of credibility and almost acting like a referral. Yeah, it's interesting because we, we talk about the PACER model, the sort of paid earned social, and we tend to be very, very pushed on the paid and the social and much less on the earned. But this is this has been a masterclass on how to get the earned side. Um, Mickey right. Kennedy back in, in Baltimore. Thank you very much indeed um, for, for your time and your expertise. Yeah, I did want to mention that I do have a free masterclass for anybody that's considering doing PR. Um, it's completely free and it goes through about eight strategic types of releases that you can sort of review and see if they'd be relevant for you to build a PR campaign. And it's at ereleases.com slash plan, P-L-A-N. And it's completely free and it's a great place for anybody to start with their open to PR. Fantastic. Thank you very much indeed for that. 